Stories within stories. Meanings that point upwards. The cross behind the... Kevin! We're Josh and Brandon, and this is Crossover Collab, Director's Cut. Holiday Special. begun so i'm gonna give you a heads up um i'm a scrooge or a grinch however you want to put it and i've noticed that you're quite a a jolly fellow that enjoys christmas yeah why why are we talking about home alone well we're talking about home alone because it's christmas brandon that's that's kind of obvious um (sighs) christmas started uh when halloween ended I don't, I don't care what anyone thinks, but first of November was uh, the start of Christmas this year. We needed it. <laughs> Maybe it's just some childhood trauma because, like, when I was a kid, I just, I love Christmas so much, and I used to think exactly like you. But now, I, I think I, I'm, I'm with the other side where I'm like, at least wait till the first or second of December. <laughs> Well, I, now now that you've seen through the consumerist veil and uh, well, the, yeah. the corrupt core. <laughs> I'm hoping that's why I instinctively don't like it now. I'm hoping it's some deep intellectual philosophical reason. <laughs> I'm hoping. And I tend to use that now. I'm like, it's just so commercialized. <laughs> Honestly, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it's about. You're talking about the materialistic items and possessions, and that's not what it's about. And I, I think a little bit to do with that. For the most part, I have absolutely no idea why I'm so miserable. <laughs> um, so um, it's getting better now. I enjoy the lights. I I love pretty mm. lights. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Them I can get away with. Um, Mm, the music, nah. The food, <laughs> yes. I'll give you your due. Food, mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, I just um had a had a Christmas sandwich from Sainsbury's for lunch today, and oh. uh, it's beautiful. Like turkey, mm. uh, pigs under blankets because uh, <laughs> technically speaking, they are under them because they layer the sausage cool. and bacon rather than wrapping the bacon. Oh, um so you know you. it's you it's technical it's great um <laughs> the cranberry Did, i was gonna say mm-hmm. i have cranberry oh yeah stuffing so, okay that's pretty delicious the only downfall about me being a vegan is what stores tend to do and i experienced this at sainsbury's the other day is they tend to just have one vegan wrap and it's always Lumen hummus and <laughs> falafel, and they might chuck a little bit of spinach in there. Um, <laughs> so, and what soy. do they do? And soy, yeah. I mean, you're lucky if you get that, to be honest. <laughs> so, what do they do to spice it over Christmas? They put it in a red wrap. A red wrap. Cheers. Oh, a red wrap. Wow. <laughs> so, it's the exact same thing. It's exactly the same oh. thing. I was like, not 
a cheeky bit of cranberry in there. No, not nothing. Just okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'll stay healthy over Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's I will rough, not. Man. Yeah, yeah, vegan um, mince pies. So that's, and I've eaten an entire box in, in a day as well. So um, we're also guilty of of being um, overweight at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is great, but anyway, let's let's um, move on from this tangent and explain. <laughs> you you said that you watched it earlier this week, was it? Yeah, so um, watched Home Alone one, two, and four. Um, sorry, I watched Home Alone one and two, and then some other random movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I yeah. saw three as well as a kid. I, I got the box set from HMV uh, for like a tenner. And I remember being like, probably Kevin's age actually, and being like, "Whoa, this is so cool! I've got all the Home Alone films." And yeah, the first time ever watching them was great. But um, yeah, the yeah. last two are terrible. And there's also right, we went down the rabbit hole. Uh, me and my flatmate. There's a fifth one called no. The Holiday Heist. Oh my! God. Uh, which is even worse, and it's got uh, what's his name? Uh, the the guy who plays the main character in Clockwork Orange can't remember his name now. Oh yeah, I can't remember either. He's in it, and he's just completely wasted as an actor. Like he's just mm. like yeah. And the Home Alone six, of course, is coming out. I think next oh, no. year. Uh, it's gonna have uh, Macaulay Culkin in again, but he's grown up this time. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, well, Chris Columbus, uh, uh, he thinks it's an insult to cinema. So, uh, considering he's the guy who made the original, wow, I don't have a lot enough. of faith in the new one. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. We're going to do an episode on this very soon, where we're going to talk about Hollywood's obsession with nostalgia um, and how it actually ruins creativity. And I feel like this is quite... It was an early attempt, maybe with um, Home Alone three and four, to create this nostalgia effect, and therefore attempting to bring in money. But now, because the nostalgia thing's very mainstream with Disney and whatnot, it seems like they're really tagging along to be like, let's get him in when he's older. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, like the mm. callback. Bring bring him back the original people, but in twenty twenty. But like it never. I mean, there's so many things that do it <clears throat> that just mm. don't work. Like for me, I quite like Terminator, and when they tried to reboot that and get it going again, it it failed so bad. Yeah. But not only did it just fail, it actually ruined the experience for the originals as well. And that's where it's like, you're not just ruining that film by itself. You just, oh, and Die Hard as well. They did that. Um, no way. Oh, oh yeah. My, the fifth one. Bear in mind, my favorite Die Hard is uh, number three. Four is very close. Number five, it's just, you can tell that Bruce Willis does not want to be there. It's just <laughs> like, all right, just another Die Hard film. Here we go. And it's, it just doesn't follow any of the excitement or the charm that the others have. It's terrible. Yeah. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, let's bring him in. Let's see what you can do. And we'll make a 
little bit of dosh out of this nostalgia kick, and it just it didn't, yeah. it didn't work. So yeah, it's rough, man. It's so rough. But hey, at least uh, today we get to talk about before they ruined mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Let's rewind. Tennis style. Um, <laughs> so, funny enough, actually, I was reading um, this uh, a very quick link to scripture already. I actually was reading the other day the story of when Jesus was left in Jerusalem when he was a younger kid for like three days. Oh, yeah. Um, which is funny because at first, without looking at the exegesis and whatnot, I was like... <laughs> I actually thought what everyone thinks about Kevin's mom in Home Alone, which is like, what an awful mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you not recognize that your child is missing? And then the long? second time as well. That, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. The second time, they have no excuse. Uh, like, they no. should have constantly been checking, like, Kevin, are you there? Kevin, are you mm. there? And I get it. It's It was busy. There was a mix-up and all of that. Part of it was Kevin's fault. Whatever. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say that there is good reason for uh, Mary and Joseph to not have um, found him for three days. Because firstly, um, they said that it's a a regular thing in the culture was um, it was for Passover. That's why they went to Jerusalem. It was at least a day's um, hike, essentially. So a lot of right. people take like pilgrimages. Did I pronounce that correctly? Pilgrimages. Yes. Pilgrim. Yes. Okay. Just want to make pilgrimages. Sure. <laughs> so, um, they went for a walk, and uh, it was uh, a day long. It was um, a very pretty walk. They walk for days until they get there. That was like a European. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's my it's my generic like <laughs> uh, hard to place accent. Yeah, very. I mean, I liked it. I could still hear Christopher Walken in that. That was fantastic. Um, I'm Christopher so, Walken here. That was better. That was great. You didn't sound yeah. as European there. <laughs> um, so they, um, it would take usually a day. So when they were coming back from the Passover, they were uh, they stopped at night. And usually in their culture, the women tend to walk ahead um, of the men because they'd usually travel together in large groups like as many as a community or like a couple of families together oh, um, right. so what, what the guy said is because uh, the kids would usually be with either the mother or the father so if mary didn't see um jesus she would have assumed that he was with joseph and if joseph didn't see jesus he would assume that uh, he was with mary oh <laughs> right okay it only took them until they were sat down at the end of that day to go oh no Jesus isn't here. Um, and obviously right. it took them another day to get back and then one day of looking around. Yeah. obviously by the time they found him, they found him in a temple and hence Jesus is like, I, mean, I, I can't remember, this is so bad. Was he nine or 12? He was 12, I believe. 12? Yeah. Um, in fact, let me yeah. let me check that real quick. Yeah, Draw sound as that. I get my Bible. <laughs> there oh. we are. Ooh. That sounds like a hefty Bible. Oh, those yeah, sounds. Yeah, let me just, uh, let me just, I'm going to move my mic so I can slam it on the desk. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, that, one of those, that was um... it falling off the desk uh, because <laughs> I realized there wasn't enough room for it. <laughs> it's like one of those film montages where it's like they start to research about uh, this conspiracy. 
you got the big books and all the shots are over like uh, moving past each other and like fading in (laughs) and out and then it's the one that's zoomed in of my face with like my glasses like reading glasses even though (laughs) uh, the character has never shown any sign of needing them in their entire life Uh, right Mm. let me let me find it uh this is going to be a quick test of my bible skills it'll be matthew right uh, well, I think yes, it's in it a couple, Matthew. right? Uh, it is. But... I, I was reading Matthew. Um, it might be in Luke. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> Shame <laughs> because... on you. <laughs> I just finished John. I've moved back to Luke, but I also just bought a commentary on Matthew as well. So now my, my um, Gospels are a little mixed. Right, I get you. Um... Where's where's the bit where he got lost in the temple? Where's it gone? I'm I'm in Matthew. Um, I'm gonna get out. Right, that's it. I'm I'm checking Luke now. Yeah, check Luke because it might be in there. I'm gonna get out. The Boyhood of Jesus. There you go. It's in literally chapter two. Oh, of Luke. Of Luke. Ah, I was right. Sorry. <laughs> they get me. You're wrong um, when it's right. You're black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't quote that. Right. So just as as a little pre warning here, guys. This is just very um chill. This is this is how we usually sound when we're um when we've just planned a podcast like yeah. an hour before we've <laughs> spontaneously we were like, wait a minute, we've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Except for, we haven't. For now, we have got a whole we've just... got a whole spreadsheet full of things to talk about, and then it just got to the day, and we were like, "Cool, <sighs> home alone." Anyway, home alone. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Luke chapter two, verse forty-one. Mm-hmm. This is it's a really deceptively named passage. It says Jesus celebrates the Passover. Yeah, yeah, that's one actually... way of looking at that story, I suppose. <laughs> Does it actually? Oh, I need to get my country. Out. Yeah, this is in the uh, New American Standard Bible, by the way. Uh, the NASB. Uh, for any of you reading I've at never home. heard of the NAS. Uh, and then you know what? Because we did it on the Doom episode, no, and it wasn't very funny because we picked a, a decent passage. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do the message version for this one as well. In fact, you can do it if you want. You can get it up while I read this this one. <laughs> Uh, I just bought an ESV. I've got lovely. I've even got like Greek to English commentaries, and you've got me reading the message. What's wrong with you? It gets it gets right to the heart of it, Brandon. Oh, yeah, it gets right to the heart of the message, yeah. and it's great for study and reference as well. Because if you want to know what the exact verse is, it doesn't tell you. <laughs> Uh, all right, <clears throat> Luke. Luke two. What? Verse forty-one. Forty-one. Right, cool. Now right. his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, 
sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you are looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Yeah, The nice. end. Well, it was not the end, is it? <laughs> um, that was, yeah, exactly. So we, we know the synopsis of that story. And um, so, yeah, that was just Jesus wanting to get started on having his bants with the Pharisees, really. Um, so, yeah, people may think that uh, Mary and Joseph are by parents and it's it literally just happened to be the way that their culture travels that they only realise when they got there on the night time, oh, no, Jesus isn't here. Um, so, l- little, um, yeah, literally this story just reminded me of um, what people think of uh, Kevin's mother in, in Home Alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm looking at the message version. And to be honest, most of it's actually decent, well phrased. There was one bit which I found pretty. <laughs> so <laughs> when she finds him, it says here, his mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? <laughs> <laughs> and then when she found him, she said, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> young man. I mean, again, look, I need to look at the proper Greek... Um, Translation, yeah, but um, <laughs> young man, just feels very, uh, very modernized. That anyway, we're not doing a massive uh, biblical theology session right here, but that's just a little, um, little something special for you there, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. That was great. Didn't you know <laughs> that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? Uh huh. But they had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about. Oh my goodness! Ugh. Um, yeah. yeah. Anywho, um, yeah, I, th- I think um, you you bring up a good point actually. That there's a lot of things like that that happen in the Bible where when we read them without knowing what the culture of the time was or what was mm. historically relevant uh, to that passage, it can make it a lot harder to interpret it accurately. Mm. And yeah, the there are a lot of people who are like, wait, it took it took uh, Mary and Joseph three days to find literally the son of God. It's like Mary's been entrusted with giving birth to literally the son of God and she loses him in the biggest city that she could have at the time. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no, <laughs> that's not quite. And yeah. I, I guess it's like there's two sides to it, of course, because like, mm. Of of course, mistakes were made. Like they they went without Jesus, but mm-hmm. I th- I think it's a a great example of um, kind of the the gracious side of God that like instead of Jesus being like, why did you leave me here? Ah, I've been been here three days all on my own, and it's been horrible, and you left me. Why have you done this? It's kind of almost almost like Kevin, you know. He, he looks after himself. He just gets on like learning from 
yeah, uh, the the teachers of, of the law and like yeah. really taking that opportunity to get closer to his father God, and then yeah, when so, they return, it's like you had no need to be worried, and I like yeah, exactly. that that like you know you'd expect like a lot of wrath from that it's like god yeah. god being like what what have you done with my son where is mm. he like think uh think hercules you know uh, um yeah 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 uh, the D- disney's hercules sorry to all you guys who are a fan of the original greek um uh, the the message translation of hercules um <laughs> when you know Z- zeus is proper like when he finds out that his son's been stolen and missing from olympus like he's proper off it and the mm-hmm. hills as lightning bolts and all that um mm. and oh, that's yeah. the kind of thing i think especially when people read the old testament they get this picture of god that that's maybe how he would react uh to this sort of situation but actually you know god's aware of the the failings of humans and that we're not going to get it right all the time and that you know in the hustle and bustle and the, the huge caravan of people and you know, people making assumptions about, oh, yeah, maybe he went with this group, maybe he went with that group. In the same way that, you know, Kevin's family, they make assumptions that he's with them um, mm-hmm. because, oh, he's, he's got dad's credit card. Like, he's he must be yeah, with the group. Um, and Kevin, of course, makes the assumption that he's following his dad when he's really following a random dude wearing the same coat. That's in the second mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah. Actually, that's both times, both of those things I mentioned. First yeah. time round, they assume that he's in the car with them because they count like 12 people or whatever when there's really 11 and then some random kid off the street that, again, looks like Kevin. So it's that thing at the at the center of both of those stories, I suppose, the recognition that we're not always going to get it right and sometimes we make honest mistakes, but it's oh, then yeah. about what do we do when we realize that we've made that mistake? Yeah, for definite, exactly. And so... If a sequel ever comes out of um, the Bible, um, and, <laughs> and uh, Mary and Joseph forget Jesus again, well, te- they, they technically didn't forget him. It just happened to lose him. Ish. It depends how you phrase it. But yeah, if they happen to do that again, then maybe, like like uh, Kevin's mom, you could start to say, "Hmm, <laughs> I need to really start um, questioning your abilities as a parent here." Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean. Right, let's talk about what the people really came here for, and that is the traps and the violence. That's that's what people are here for, isn't it? Um, just before we started recording, uh, Brandon referred to it as a PG version of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you not heard of that um, that theory, that fan theory? <clears throat> what, that Kevin grows up to become the yeah. dude from Saw? Yeah, I've not heard the full thing. I can definitely see where they get it from, though. That's I haven't looked deeply into it because let's be real, it's not obviously real. It's people who who make quite large leaps in logic. But again, I mean, it's funny. I think the main (laughs) reason people make them and listen to them is because it's funny. Yeah. So like, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, it does make a question like, how the heck is he this good at crafting, like? Yeah, scenarios of like traps. To In kill number two, people. it's even worse because he already has the plan. Like when he, as soon as he goes into this abandoned house that he didn't know yeah. was going to be abandoned, he's already within the space of like an hour 
taken a full inventory of the house, mapped it out perfectly, coloured it in, and planned traps based on the inventory that he has available. Like, that is a diabolical kid. (laughs) And it's kind of the... uh, kind of like the superhero cliche that like they have all of this power but they don't abuse it and uh, mm. it's a similar thing with kevin you know he only uh he only emotionally and physically <laughs> abuses people that <laughs> get in his way <laughs> <laughs> so you better not get in his way <laughs> uh, yeah oh, it's <clears throat> It's it's just so good. There is that. definitely nothing to stop him from being the robber in the remake and like using the traps against the people oh. whose homes he's invading. Now that would be dark. That would be so dark. But I feel that would be a really cool. Yeah, two uh, ways. Two good. ways the remake's gonna go. Either it's gonna be Kevin teaching his kids how to defend mm. their home from robbers, or oh, yeah. he's going to be the robber. That would be so funny. Well, right. Let's look at Kevin as a kid in this narrative. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's a kid. Come on. But like, let's just look at all the things that he's done. He's, um, he's set people on fire. He's electrocuted people. He's thrown bricks at people's heads. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you're just like looking at it so seriously. Like, (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, hence I had to be like, right, okay. This we're obviously talking about a kids' film, but we need to talk about the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> he has um, positioned slimy goop on a ladder that's just out of arm's reach, <clears throat> knowing that whoever tries to grab onto the ladder is probably already airborne and therefore going to lose their grip on the ladder and fall flat on their back, causing irreparable spinal injury <laughs> he puts a nail on the stairs for uh, Marv to impale his foot um, knowing that he's going to be barefoot because of the sticky tar on the steps that's the worst part of that trap like that's the thing is that they're, they're not just planned out it's like he knows how much suffering will have already been caused I'm and saying. then like caters for that it's like exactly. what? that's what i'm saying i mean and the worst of all of them is the lego the lego is on the floor now they they are very painful so um when they climb through the the house uh window and then they step onto the baubles but yeah if it were i think if it was remade a little bit later it would have been lego bricks in such a long time I'm yeah sorry. Con- it's all right mandela effects. is off you were like, yeah, they stepped yeah, on yeah. something that was the most painful thing in the world. It must have been Lego. <laughs> that's fine. That's forgivable. Oh, fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not easy I'm not mistake really to make. Continuity. Um, there is a lot of um, law to do with uh, Home Alone. Oh obviously. yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Everything changed when the second accident happened. <laughs> um. And the main thing that, I mean, he's also a criminal, uh, criminal because he's deceived many people. Um, he stole a toothbrush. He, he stole a toothbrush. He basically maxed out his dad's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> credit card fraud. Yeah, credit card fraud. Um, um, identity theft. Yep, yeah, literally identity theft. <laughs> 
<laughs> what awful kid. What do you know what? Maybe she should have just left him there. <laughs> Breaking and entering. Breaking and entering. Um possession of fireworks. Ah, uh, yes. Underage. Um, technically arson. Um And he watched uh he watched a movie that was rated higher than his current age. Which is the worst one. That's a grievous crime. Cheeky. Um he actually, yeah, he did identity theft again by playing the TV. And uh, that I love that scene. That's such a funny scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the second one where... Oh, yeah. Was, um, they all come into the hotel room and, yeah, that's funny. You've been um, smooching with my brother. <laughs> me? Been smooching uh, with everybody. Anyway, so we've, <laughs> we've summed up Home Alone with his mother, pretty crap, and he's just an awful kid who's bound to be a criminal when he's older. But um, here's the th- here's the thing that is interesting <laughs> though is like there there is this sense that Kevin has uh, of self awareness, and yeah, 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 there's like all the the goofy slapstick stuff and. If it was going to be realistic with it, like I've seen uh, like a proper doctor doing a, like a reaction to those scenes from Home Alone and yeah. diagnosed the burglars with like, I don't know, 50 different fatal injuries and things that would have them in hospital forever with irreversible like paralysis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So all of that aside, because it's clearly slapstick, and mm-hmm. uh, he he definitely has this kind of, um, I suppose understanding of uh, repentance, which is a weird thing to talk about in a in a Christmas movie, in a in a kids movie, in a comedy. Like he's he starts off, and um, this is something we were looking at in our film lectures recently. So big shout out to Stefan, um, who is walking us through this idea of the ten pager which is Mm. when people are first writing a script, they want to get people on board with the project so that they can get it financed and filmed. So they have 10 pages, which is roughly the first 10 minutes of the movie, to get people invested in the story and in the characters. Mm. And so usually the first 10 minutes of a film is dedicated to establishing the first character. And then at around the 10-minute mark, that's when the plot happens, uh, Mm. like the inciting incident. So... uh, we see a similar thing in Home Alone where the first 10 minutes or so is establishing Kevin and how out of place he feels in his family, how alone he feels, how antagonized he feels. Uh, He never gets his own way. No one ever believes him. Uh, He doesn't get his cheese pizza, all of that. Like um, it really makes you feel that sympathy for Kevin in the first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so when his family treats him so horribly, you're kind of on his side when he wants to get rid of his family. He wants to live Christmas alone. Um, And so when that first happens at around the 10, 15 minute mark, when his family disappears, he thinks, uh, well, Mm. they do. Um, They go off to, 
Spain, I think it is, um, for their holiday and he's left at home. At first, we're on his side and we think that's great. And of course, it's a comedy, so it's played up like, oh yeah, he gets to do whatever he wants and he can. He goes instantly to the ice cream, or overloads on sugar, watches movies that his parents wouldn't let him get away with. He jumps on his parents' bed, all of that. He just lives frivolously. And um, then there's a point in the movie, uh, it's around when when he goes to the choir service, like the church service uh, on Christmas Eve, and um, he sees the the old man that he's been afraid of the whole movie. That's when he has this moment of like, uh, in fact, is that it or is it earlier? He has a few moments of self-reflection Yeah, where yeah. he... Um, <clears throat> effectively who who does he give them money to he gives money to someone and he's like i'd just spend it on something that i'd rot my teeth and rot my brain i think it's the old man yeah i only watched it last week and i've already forgotten really. it's because home alone 4 has completely overshadowed <laughs> any enjoyment i got out traumatized of by that yeah yeah perhaps. yeah i'm just like <laughs> he floods the house guys he floods the house like, no 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 <laughs> Uh, anyway, there's um, only two, there's only two films. Yeah, there's only two of them. What are you talking about? Um, so yeah, he has this moment of self reflection, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Y- y- like we could be ultra super duper like God's not dead mode and be like, ah yes, his self reflection begins when he goes to church. And yes, I could also turn that around and say that uh, the robbers never go near the church because they're uh, just repelled by it. And we could talk about how, you know, that's the the innate uh, conscience and how, you know, uh, everyone deep down knows that God is real and that sort of thing. But we're not going to do that because that's uh, a very pretentious thing to do. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's only really a thing you can talk about when everyone assumes that that's correct. So, um, yeah, what I will say is that uh, we'd get this brilliant example of repentance from Kevin where He's able to look at his actions towards his family and realizes that, you know, while his family doesn't always treat him well, he he loves them and that actually he acted just as badly to them as they did to him. And there's that yeah. maturity in him, which is kind of funny because he's eight years old, but is actually also really heartwarming that by the end of the film, this family that we would have thought he'd be happy to never see again he actually is able to forgive them and he's able to apologize to them himself. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, exactly. That's it behind all that. It is. You're right. It is quite a nice message. And um, I think it really demonstrates that in the absence of loved ones, you start to realize actually how much they contribute towards your life and how much you actually value them. And how much they they value you mm, as well. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice. I mean, I've even experienced that when I've been away from home for a while, whether at uni or in America. And um, there are times where you just you do think to yourself, "I just want some alone time. Or I want to be away yeah. from family for a bit." But after a while, you're like, "Do you know what? Actually, now that I've been absent, I miss it so much, and Definitely. it's it's way more worth it." to be in the presence of loved ones rather than scoffing your face with food and yeah. watching and, films. And to that extent, it's almost like the parable of the prodigal son where we have yeah. this uh, yeah, this literally. son who 
takes the inheritance from the father and he goes off and he's like, I don't need you anymore. I don't need my family anymore. Um, I'm going to go off and just have fun. And he spends all of his inheritance and he finds himself alone and in a literal pigsty, which um, when we look at the Jewish culture, like pigs were seen as the lowest form of animal. And so to literally be feeding the pigs um, is seen as like the worst job imaginable. So that's why the parable uses that in particular because of the culture. Um, So yeah, he gets the very lowest of the low and then realizes, hang on a minute, things were way better when I was in the presence of my father. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the realization that the whole Bible is there to make us uh, contemplate is that actually we began in the presence of our father in in Eden, uh, this idea that we were in the presence of God and we could enjoy being with him. But then we wanted all of the inheritance and none of the responsibility. We wanted to do things our way. We didn't want anything to do with God anymore. And that's a rebellion that occurs in everyone at some point uh, Mm -hmm. against God. And actually the Bible is all about people figuring out that actually things were way better when I was with my father. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, in the same way that Kevin's parents come back for him and the actual determination, especially from Kevin's mother, to get back to her son. Mm -hmm. That's the same kind of thing we see in God, that actually instead, well, he waits for us to repent, of course, but he's right there the moment that we need him and the moment that we want to be back in the presence of god he's there and he comes running so yeah it's it's one of the most beautiful things about the bible yeah yeah definitely oh 100 it's uh, yeah one of my absolute favorite parables and i just it's great how you just made that link between home alone and the kingdom of heaven like what a great comparison um christmas films are just so cheesy aren't they Good kind of cheese, like triple kinda. cheese pizza. Oh, please, no. So pizza firstly, time. I, I just want to, oh, I'm so excited for pizza. I just want to say one more thing before we um finish. Well, firstly, um, okay, it's cool how you've got two uh, moments of gift giving and serving people in that movie, which is nice. Um and I just wanted to, I saw somewhere where there are three kinds of Christmas films. <clears throat> One, movies about Santa. Two, people being changed by the Christmas spirit. And three, Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, it's time to end. And then Christmas outro music starts playing right now. It slowly fades in as I keep talking about how beautiful Christmas is and the spirit gets elevated and it's like, yeah, this is great. And and then the uh, the horn section comes in with a beautiful melodic thing. And then and then Brandon's over in the corner and he's like, makes a little makes a little comment like this. And then the the screen does the thing where it does the circle close in around about his face, uh, just as a snowball gets thrown at him. And then the circle widens, and you see the little kid laughing. And then it closes again, and it says the end with a choir going. <laughs> <laughs>